Next on BYU Sports Nation, Friday game day for the second time this season at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. BYU faces Cincinnati for the first time ever. The voice of the Bearcats, Dan Hoare, joins us live. Who's going to start a quarterback for Cincinnati? Plus, ESPN's Adam Amin seeking karma for the BYU pronunciation guy. And why you never talk trash to the BYU punter, Johnny Linehan. Everybody ready? Let's go. Sports Nation live in Radio Vision presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Friday, October Game 16th. Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with third team all karaoke voice, Jerem Jordan. I'm happy to be on the third team. I would probably go Toto Africa. That would be my pick. Or a Phil Collins song from back in the day. I don't know. You're what would you re- go with? You are revealing so much about Dude, your total inner Africa. soul. Classic, man. I don't know what I would do. That's a great question. Let me think about that for a minute. Think about it after the show. Yeah, if you had one karaoke <laughs> song, what we would it, na- what would it be? Right that we do. Did you see, Kate, okay, probably the college football play of the year last night? Yeah. It was oh, on yeah. the West Coast. A lot of people were most, most likely in bed. Most of the country in bed. But Stanford's Francis Owusu... And it's hard to explain this without seeing it. Has a defender in front of him. He reaches or he's hugging the defender while he catches the ball. He catches the ball, giving the defender a hug and scores a touchdown. Now, superseded uh, Mitch Matthews catch, elite catch, uh, in the end zone against Nebraska. That was one of the plays of the year. Maybe the play of the year up to this point. Up to that point, I couldn't think of anything that had been more dramatic, crazy, than the Mitch Matthews Hail Mary touchdown catch the first game of the season. It was fun. Then that last night. Good grief. And UCLA loses again. 56-35. to their second loss. I thought BYU's one-point loss would look better. Come on. After six games, we're starting to see who's good, who's really good, and who is elite. We'll find out tomorrow. Michigan, Michigan State. Huge game. Lots of huge games tomorrow. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. As Jerry mentioned, it's game day for the 4-2 BYU Cougars, hosting 3-2 Cincinnati. Game on ESPN, 8 p.m. Eastern. Countdown to kickoff an hour before that, live on BYU TV at 7 p.m. Eastern. 13th-ranked women's volleyball swept Gonzaga last night, led by Alexa Grace, 21 kills. And listen to this. BYU Sports Nation Karma recipient Cozy Burnett's career-high 15 kills and 636 hitting percentage. Cozy B just doing her thing. I keep being surprised by the karma. I'm like, at what point does it cool off? It, it is red hot, blue hot. Career-high 15. Previous was 12 kills for Cozy B. Yeah, she what a performance. blew that out of the water. The fifth-ranked BYU women's soccer team back to work tomorrow night against Pacific. You can watch that live on BYU TV. Listen to it on BYU Radio, 9 p.m. Eastern. Congratulations to the Cougar Club Hall of Fame inductees last night. They include Rob Morris and Luke Staley from football, John Hedengren from cross-country and track, Willard Hershey of track, and Nina Puikin and Mortensen from volleyball. Rob Morris will join us tonight on Countdown to Kickoff on this very set. That starts at 7 Eastern time. Choo-choo! I wish I had my freight train whistle, man. Don't you have one, right? I, I used to. We, we've yeah, got, have, we have got to locate one of those. I'm serious about this. If you're local and you've got a, a freight train whistle, I want three that we can borrow for the pregame show tonight. I'm serious. Hit me up on Twitter. Let's make this happen. I need three freight train whistles for the pregame. Man, those are almost Someone 20 in years Virginia old. right now is like, I've got three, but I'm in Virginia. They're, they're I'm almost at that 20 McDonald's. years old. Like 16, 17 years old? 
There are kids in high school who weren't alive when the freight train whistles were handed out in here? Man, I feel old now. <laughs> Gee. Welcome to the club, Jeremy. Oh, my goodness. Well, Welcome it's a to the club. club. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's a good time to rise and shout. <laughs> it's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The next game matters most. It is yeah. important. You don't play for that, but it is really important. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what says who you are. Ranking really does say who you are. And, and right now, you know, we're not ranked, but... Um, coming away with the toughest schedule in college football and we have a lot more games to win and we can definitely definitely come back and be in that ranking mitch matthews on getting back into the top 25 and yes i know that the logic of a next game up is out of the sports cliches classics for dummies yeah like wagner is not the most important game next week even you know what i'm saying but seriously byu shot at continued national relevance very much rides on the outcome of tonight's game at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Absolutely. There is no conference for BYU to play in other than the uh, independent conference standings, which we joke about. So what is relevance? National ranking, and we've talked about that a lot. If BYU is not ranked, in my opinion, you can't really be relevant. If you're ranked, you're relevant. There's some natural relevancy that comes with the highlights on SportsCenter, that comes with being on the mothership featured. Tonight is BYU's only game, by the way, on ESPN. Not ESPN 2, U, ABC, that kind of thing. ESPN. So it's a Nostris Nocturnus situation. Latin for own the night. So BYU, if they win tonight, they will beat Wagner. They'll have a bye. They should beat San Jose State. And then they have Missouri and Kansas City. At that point, BYU could be 7-2 and two and either ranked or close to being ranked. And then you beat Missouri, you're ranked at 8-2. and two. That's the context for relevancy. So BYU needs to win this game tonight. I mean, it's not must win for anything, but BYU needs it. If you have an argument that is better than a top 25 ranking in terms of what's most important for an independent college football team, I would love to hear it. Send it in. Hashtag BYUSN. In fact, this, this deserves drama. It really does. It's really important. We did this like a year ago. We haven't busted out since. It's a really special thing. It's movie trailer time. Whoa. Hit the music. Whoa. In a world where ranking is the only national context to a season, BYU embarks on the most important game of the year against a top five offense. And two Bearcat quarterbacks hungry for victory. Starring hamstrung Cougar quarterback Tanner Mangum. We've seen this before. Touchdown, BYU. And maybe the backup quarterback. Bo Hodge. One team, one destiny. This is Cougar football. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Movie trailer Jaron returns. Rated R for really good. <laughs> BYU and Cincy tonight. Can't wait. Oh. Oh, yeah, there's the inception you drop. You, nice. never, you never disappoint, Jeremy, you. with the movie trailer voice. Okay, what were we talking about before that? I don't know that? what we were nah, talking yeah, about. Okay. Relevancy oh, man, or something? Yeah, relevance. Relevance. <laughs> do we have a Twitter question <laughs> today or what? We do have that. So with all of that as a backdrop, including the movie trailer. In a world. And you've heard our initial thoughts. What? What? is the most important football game left on BYU's schedule? That is our Twitter question today. Use hashtag BYUSN. I can see where you could argue Missouri. I could see where you could argue Utah State. But we, we agree, and that kind of bugs me, but we agree that it's, it Cincinnati, bugs you? that it's Cincinnati because of what it means for the rest of the season. BYU will not be ranked with four losses or more. They won't. Three losses, I think BYU finishes ranked. So you've got to give yourself some room, maybe in November or the bowl game, if you're going to lose another game. I don't know if BYU goes 11-2. and two. That would be quite the finish. BYU run the table post-Michigan? They're the seventh team out in the latest AP poll. But way out, like not, like 80-something votes away from 
Yes, there out, aren't very many right? teams receiving votes yeah. in the AP Top 25. BYU, seven out. This game tonight is really the last chance to impress those voters across the country until mid-November. Because Cincinnati has a little bit of street cred. Their two losses are to undefeated teams in Memphis and Temple. Temple's only uh, loss, no, Penn State's only loss is to Temple. And Penn State is playing Ohio State this week. Some people think Penn State might win that game. Memphis has taken the win from the Miami Beach Bowl in that 10-win season and a ranking and turned this into a 5-0 and start this year, They're ranked this year, again the in, the, in the coaches' poll. Now, BYU's strength of schedule plays into what could happen with BYU as well. The Cougars have two losses that may be equal to like a one-loss uh, season for BYU in terms of how many votes they could have at the end of the year. It's the only context. BYU really needs to win this game tonight to have a shot at being ranked later, hopefully in November. If BYU drops this game to Cincinnati, getting ranked likely won't come unless they win every game left on the schedule, including the bowl game. Yes. And you'd only be one game above 500. What? Five and two. And a few of you tweeted this in yesterday. Our BYU Sports Nation members chiming in collectively about how different five and two that record sounds than four and three. I know it's only one game. But there is some real truth to that. That's like the, the BYU's ability to be ranked is on a knife's edge, right? Just re, you just really need to fall in the right direction. That direction is to win tonight. Now, Cincinnati comes in here. We don't even know who's going to start for them. We're going to talk to Dan Horde, their play-by-play, Adam Mean, ESPN's play-by-play tonight. Who is Cincinnati going to start? Because Gunnar Keel was the guy that was an Elite 11 camp guy with Tanner Mangum like 18 years ago uh, at Elite 11, right? It was 2011 in all reality. But Hayden Moore came in for Gunnar Keel against Memphis, and all he did was throw for 574 and four touchdowns. They lost that game. <laughs> they lost. Somehow. 53 to 46, I believe. But Hayden Moore can sling it. Gunnar Keel had a neck injury, concussion. They carted him off. It was a scary situation. Both are competing for the spot. Cincinnati has not announced the starter tonight. Meanwhile, Tanner Mangum, we haven't even mentioned, the hamstring. He's going to play. How much? How limited is he? Now, now, the expectation is that he's going to play the whole game. But is he the same? And we saw the difference. Bo Hodge is not ready right now. He could, I think he can be a good quarterback at BYU. But the seasoning in terms of what Ma- where Mangum's at and Hodge, it's just very different. It's a different flavor. What is the most important football game left on BYU's schedule? First tweet in from at Plan 300. Cincy, hashtag Big 12 eyes are watching. BYU has to prove they are the clear-cut best candidate on and off the field. There is that element of, hey, these are two of the most prominent non-Power 5 teams right now trying to get into a Power 5 conference. So it also has that angle. And not really, right? No one's been really talking about that. that that's why it doesn't matter, the whole expansion thing. Like, is this a tryout for a Power 5? It's fi- not a no, tryout. No, it's not. No. But these are two respected teams not in Power 5 conferences. Yeah, and I, I feel good about BYU shot at winning this game because the BYU offense has found a good spot after the first couple of games – you know, Tanner Mangum uh, figuring it out. Michigan was the outlier in a negative way. But the last two games have been really good for BYU, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. For the first time since 2010, BYU's gone over 500 yards of total offense in the last two games. Taysom Hill never did that. He never did that. 500 in back-to-back games. Tanner Mangum has done that in the last two. UConn. And ECU. Now in comes Cincinnati. They face some good offenses, but their defense is nothing to write home about. I think that BYU can put up 35-plus tonight. Can the BYU defense keep BYU in the game or even win it? That, to me, it's going to be like last week where it's going to be neck and neck. It's 
going to be a tight game. It's going to be a lot of points on the board, a lot of yards. Remember, ECU had 518 yards. They out-yarded BYU, uh, out-gained BYU last week. Here are two reasons you should feel more confident about BYU's defense this week against a better offense in Cincinnati than East Carolina. Harvey Longy is back. Despite his absence for two games, he's still the sack leader with four. He, he's an enforcer. He's a guy that he's a disruptor. Travis Tuiloma, that much more healthy. Micah Hanneman, probable to play. Jordan Prater, Michael Shelton is the nickelback. He's going to put Bronco Mendenhall talked to me yesterday about that and said, this is going to look entirely different. Kai Nakua is back in his comfortable position of safety, not having to play corner. This will be a different BYU defense. In summary, every starter is available for BYU on defense tonight. How about that? How about that? For the first time since the second quarter of Nebraska? That's unbelievable. Yeah, for the fir- yeah. Yeah, exactly. Since the Nebraska game. Goodness. That's now just setting in. BYU hosting Cincinnati tonight under the Friday night lights of Lavelle Edwards Stadium. First ever meeting between the Bearcats and Cougars. Both teams with two losses. And as we just chronicled, BYU's last chance to really impress the nation's voters in the AP poll until mid-November. Not going to win any any voters over against Wagner or the bye week. San Jose State on the road's not going to do much for you. So you have to wait till that Missouri game. It's going to be a month. Back to the Twitter question now and some of your tweets. It's Twitter time. What is the most important football game left on BYU's schedule? At YFangirl underscore JB says, With the injuries we are dealing with, the most important game is the one after this one, then the one after that. Hashtag focus. Cincinnati, then Missouri. It's Wagner and a bye in San Jose State. BYU did lose the last time they went to San Jose State, so they got to be on Some guard. truth to that, but on guard. You need to win that game. The problem with that, you can't impress anybody winning that game. Correct. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, ESPN's Adam Amin joins us. He'll call the game tonight. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. The fans in the rock are rocking right now. Guys Still hours great. before game. They, they've been in camp there for five days. They've had a bigger impact on the season than they have the previous couple of seasons. It's been awesome. Watch The Rock and BYU. Uh, get ready for the game tonight. 7 Eastern time on BYU TV on Countdown to Kickoff. Check it out. Spencer Linton, Brian Logan, David Nixon featuring Lauren Frankham, Dave McCann, and Blaine Fell. What is the most important football game left on BYU's schedule? At Yip E. Kai A tweets in, <laughs> the most important game left on the Coug schedule is always the next game. The consensus on Twitter has been uh, just Really? Next Wagner game. next week? The cliche yeah, answer. Wagner. Woo. So after Cincinnati, yeah, that's the thing. After, really? See, I, I'm not a player, so I don't have to think like a player, right? Cincinnati, to me, has bigger context than that. Missouri and SEC game, regardless of the record at the time, is going to have more context. Utah State. At BLD6 gives a real response. Missouri. Well, Yippee gave a real response to them. Yeah. Okay, let's respect that. <laughs> Next year or the year after, we will all be using the stat, BYU wins losses versus Power 5 teams. Yes. Yeah, that's important. BYU went 3-0 last year. Joining BYU Sports Nation now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, the man who will call the game tonight for ESPN on the mothership, Adam Amin. Adam, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. This is a tremendous disappointment because I really, really wish I was there with you guys live because uh, I, I did bring up bring it up online to see what it looked like, and it looks awesome, and I wish I was sitting there with you guys, but it, we're right up against our production meeting. Otherwise, I'd be sitting there next to you guys and enjoying the scenery. 
You got to do what you got to do, and we appreciate you coming on. Adam, a, a couple of years ago, you called the uh, NCAA Volleyball Championships, so we had a chance to speak. You called that BYU match. Unfortunately, they, lo- they lost. I think you'll bring better luck this time around. <laughs> Maybe the BYUs will see, although you are a neutral observer. I, I like to think home field advantage may play a factor for you guys. We'll see. We'll see what goes down tonight. Adam, how much do you know about Provo, Utah? My first live ESPN game I ever called was in Provo, Utah. It was BYU against San Jose State uh, back in 2011. It was my oh, first year at ESPN. <laughs> the classic game. Uh, you know, when, you know, and this was on the heels, I believe, of Riley Nelson leading the comeback against Utah State in a Friday night game. So we got to come into town fresh off the heels of that. The kind, you know, the, the kind of back and forth between Jay Keeps and Riley Nelson. So I called that game. I called, I think it was the New Mexico State game later that season. And then I, got, of course, went on the road and saw BYU beat Tulsa in the Armed Forces Bowl in one of the most exciting finishes still uh, in my career to date. Uh, the Riley Nelson fake spike, finding Cody Hoffman of the pylon. I had that game on ESPN Radio. So all the memories of, are starting to flood back. And, and, of course, I look outside my window and I see the Wasatch Mountains and I see Lavelle Edwards Stadium. So it's a pretty, pretty nostalgic place for me personally because I really got a chance to do my first like, big live game on ESPN here. Very cool. And tonight's game is at 8 Eastern on ESPN. You can watch that uh, uh, as well tonight. It, it, it's fun because as a play-by-play, you have the responsibility. Your number one responsibility is to make sure you're saying everyone's name correctly. Cincinnati <laughs> play-by-play Dan Horde on the radio, who will join us uh, coming up as well later tweeted at you and said, hey, good luck to us, right, this week. So do you need any reinforcement on any names for BYU? (laughs) I'd like to think. I'd like to think, and I'm shocked. I am shocked that I've heard complaints about uh, some of of the fine folks that have come through Provo and called some BYU games. But I'm shocked that they've had as much issues. The phonetics are there for a reason. This is why we get paid the money that we get paid is to do – Exactly this. Make sure we got the names right. Preach, I'm brother. sure I'll get it. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'll get it if uh, on, on Twitter if I'm not making it work. And I swear to you, I'm not going to call him Tanner Magnum. <laughs> if nothing else, I promise I will say Tanner Mangum because that's the guy's name. And it's shocking <laughs> to me that that's been an issue. That's been a plague, man. Like, a plague. <laughs> He's been called Connor and Tyler. And then, yeah, the Magnum. I mean, it's just... It's out of control. Adam Amin of ESPN joining us on BYU Sports Nation. You're calling the actual game, so we might as well talk about what's going to happen on the field. Yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, if you want. Uh, all right. <laughs> I think we have time. What sticks out about the matchup tonight for you? High scoring. I mean, th- this game has a potential to be a very high scoring affair. We saw what BYU did last week when kind of pushed to the brink when they needed to get into high octane mode, and I understand that they're ranked 79th in scoring offense and 63rd in total offense in in the country right now. But obviously they can put up the points. Obviously the height of the receivers sticks out against what's a physical Cincinnati defense, certainly a Cincinnati defense that's trying to be a little bit more physical. And then on the opposite side, Cincinnati is legitimately one of the best offenses in college football. If nothing else, by sheer volume alone, they're putting up numbers and points. They're high octane. They're high risk and high reward. They take a lot of shots downfield very vertical offense with a very much like BYU, a very deep wide receiver core, but they're high, high risk as well, because there's a lot of turnovers. You're going to turn the ball over and BYU has been very good in the early part of the season in terms of takeaways. And then the tempo of the game is something that could stick out because Cincinnati, I know a couple of weeks ago when they beat Miami, they ran only 67 plays. 
two week or a week before that game, they ran a hundred against Memphis <laughs> because Memphis kind of pushed them, kind of pushed them to the limit. So about 86, 87 plays a game for Cincinnati. I don't know if we're going to see that tempo or the normal type of tempo from BYU with Tanner's hamstring issue right now. It may force BYU to play a little bit slower, but I think offensively, these are two very, very similar teams in terms of pace, in terms of ability, in terms of big play potential. I love the matchup because of all those things that you said. And it's interesting to me that Cincinnati has done a great job of giving their quarterbacks time to throw, only six sacks allowed. Uh, To me, one of the keys will be BYU trying to get pressure on whatever quarterback it is, which brings us to this. Who are we going to see at starting quarterback? We don't even know yet whether it's Gunnar Keel or Hayden Moore. My guess, if I had to lean hard and Tommy Tuberville was was – not going to give us the, the full-on answer, but if I had to lean hard, i, I got to think it's got to be Hayden Moore for these reasons. The last two weeks, this kid has put up incredible numbers. Even though he, uh, you know, his team suffered a loss against Memphis uh, three weeks ago, it was a great game, and he, put, he shows up, he puts up a school record in terms of offensive numbers. I mean, he comes off the bench in what is his first meaningful game and, and puts up 557 passing yards. That's insane to think that he was able to do something like that. And then to be as poised as he was in his first career start, to take on a story program like Miami that has been very competitive. You guys saw it last week against Florida State. They took the Seminoles down to the wire last week. That's a competitive team. And to beat Miami two weeks ago is very impressive. I, my guess is because Gunnar Keel only had a couple of practices. That's the big thing. You know, I, I think a lot of people want Gunnar Keel to not lose his job because he got hurt. I know Tommy Tuberville said a couple of weeks back, you know, he's not going to lose his job. You shouldn't lose your job just because of injury as a starter. But he's only been back for a couple of practices. And if I had to lean towards something, I would think that that might shy Cincinnati away from using Gunnar Keel right away, or at least as a starter, because the guy just got cleared from his neck injury on Sunday. It's a short week. So if I had to guess, Based on those elements, I would think it has to be Hayden Moore. But we're going to find out when you guys find out a few minutes before kickoff tonight. Adam, I want to point out that right now in Lavelle Edwards Stadium, your picture is blasted out across both of the jumbo. Is, it, is it good? Is it, is, is it nice? Is it? Do I look okay? It's what the, the media is looked all right. Does the hair look okay? Yeah. These are important, yeah. important questions, guys. Yeah. Yeah. You it look, look. It looks amazing. <laughs> You're looking sharp. <laughs> it looks like Cincinnati's <laughs> offense. Listen, you tweeted out a picture of Jeremy and I, I like. on the side of the of the the big blue HG truck that we have. Your face you is like you guys got a bus. You guys got your names plastered on the truck. This is incredible. Your face I feel is like to even even be in the same presence as you guys. I'm right telling now. you, your face right now is like six times bigger than what we have on the side <laughs> of the truck. Actually, I think that's actually up to scale based on ego and narcissism <laughs> and things like that. I think that actually might be to scale. So. Adam Amin with us on BYU Sports Nation. Adam, who's a better team right now, in your opinion, Cincinnati or BYU? I think it's a great question, and if fully, fully healthy, I think BYU is better because of their defense. Uh, Cincinnati is a really, really good offensive team, and they're going to win games, but they're going to win them in in kind of scary fashion. Slugfests aren't the easiest games to coach. They're not the easiest games to go through as a player because you're running a lot of plays. It's easy to get tired in the fourth quarter, and when your defense just hasn't shown the ability just yet to get sacks, to get takeaways, to get explosive plays. And they're banged up, too, on defense. Let's not forget, they're missing some key guys, especially in the back end. So right now, when fully healthy, I would take BYU because I think Mangum is phenomenal when he's fully healthy because he adds such a dynamic. It's not Taysom Hill. I understand that. It's not the 
dynamic running ability, but he's a dynamic offensive player with as good of an arm as you'll see in college football right now. The receivers are so deep. I think Algie Brown is finding his, his footing. The, the, vet, the offensive line is a veteran line, even though they have had some issues at times this year. But all of that combined isn't going to be enough when you're not healthy. So it's hard for me to lean towards BYU right now, but I will still take them even with a not 100% Tanner Mangum because I think their defense is just too good. The fact that you guys are getting healthy at the right time on defense, and Bronco Mendenhall said after the Michigan loss, we have to reframe our season. Let's see who we are the next eight games. Well, you're 2-0 so far, and that was without some of your better defensive players. Now I look at this defense, and I see Tui Loma back in the front. I see Fred Warner playing really, really well. Had a great game last week against East Carolina. Longy should be back tonight, back in, in that Mike linebacker spot. You're able to move Micah Hanneman back to corner after he had to leave last week's game. Nakua now gets to play his normal free safety spot. So all of those elements combined, I still think BYU is a better team. And at 100%, all things given equal, BYU absolutely because of their defensive dynamic as well. Adam, great to have you on the show, man. Have a great call tonight on ESPN. You can listen to Adam and his team, 8 p.m. Eastern, 6 Mountain Time. We'll talk to you again soon, man. Great to be on with you guys. Spencer, Jerem, thanks so much. Thanks, you got Adam. it. Adam Amin on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Hey, great stuff. Interesting that he thinks BYU is a better team because of the defense. Maybe we're undervaluing the uh, health that BYU is encountering going into this game against one of the best offenses BYU's seen all year, maybe the best offense. The reality of what you said in, in the A block. And what we discussed, that they're healthy. BYU's defense is healthy for the first time since the second quarter of Nebraska. Wow. How about that? What kind of a difference will it make tonight? Up next on BYU Sports Nation, the play-by-play voice of the Bearcats, Dan Horde, makes his show debut. Welcome back, sports friends. On a game day, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio and BYU TV in Lavelle Edwards Stadium, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. I love being here. This is an amazing place to be. There's only six of these a year. It's awesome. Another amazing place to be, Southfield, where the fifth-ranked BYU Cougars are playing tomorrow night against Pacific 9 Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Another big game for the Cougars in conference. BYU has not given up a goal on that field this year. My expert analysis says that's very good. I would agree with that expert analysis, Jeremy. Yeah. BYU women's soccer is crushing it right now. Let's refresh today's BYUSN headlines. As Jaron mentioned, game day for the 4-2 BYU football Cougars hosting the 3-2 Cincinnati Bearcats. 8 Eastern countdown to kickoff live at 7 Eastern on BYU TV. 13th ranked women's volleyball also crushing it. Swept Gonzaga last night led by Alexa Gray's 21 kills. And the BYU Sports Nation karma was on Cozy Burnett. She had a career-high 15 kills and hit 636. Cozy B doing work. Congratulations to the Cougar Club Hall of Fame inductees last night. They include the freight train, Rob Morris, former NFL first-round draft pick, and Luke Staley from football. Whoa, yeah, that's Maybe that's it's what these headphones, need. but I legitimately thought there I was thought a train was a nearby. Train. <laughs> <laughs> there, was, there was like .2 seconds of me like, there's a train oh, in here. Oh, my goodness. John Hedengrin from Cross Country and Track, Willard Hershey of Track, and Nina Puikin and Mortensen from Volleyball. Rob Morris will join us tonight on Countdown to Kickoff. Our second guest of the day on this Friday game day at Lavelle Edwards Stadium is the play-by-play voice of the Cincinnati Bearcats, Dan Horde. He joins us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Dan, nice to have you with us on BYU Sports Nation. 
My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. You sent a tweet to ESPN's Adam Amin with a picture of the BYU pronunciation guide. It's a gauntlet, so we're here for you, Dan. <laughs> Can we offer you any assistance? Let's see. Laulu Pututau? Yeah. How's that? Laulu Pututau. Yeah, you got it. Good. Okay. That's pretty good. Some right. people call Not him I'm, I'm just starting from the very top with number one. So, <laughs> uh, I've still got a few hours to memorize, but uh, it has been challenging. Now, fortunately, I'm on Cincinnati radio. So my audience is not going to know anything about BYU. So if I butcher them, I'm really not going to get into any trouble. But I will try my best to get them right. Now, the last time you came to Utah, there was a little bit of trouble. Um, I guess your analyst got uh, kicked out of the Huntsman Center in Salt Lake for an NCAA tournament game. What happened there? Yeah, that is exactly right. With (laughs) approximately uh, 16 minutes to go in a first-round NCAA tournament game against Gonzaga, Our coach at the time, Bob Huggins, got kicked out. And the official that gave him the heave-ho just happened to uh, put the ball inbounds right in front of our broadcast location maybe 30 seconds later. So my uh, color analyst, who disagreed with the ejection of our coach, did what a broadcaster should never do. He removed his headphones. He stood up on press row where approximately 300 media members were sitting. And... uh, more or less put his finger in the official's face and began telling him how lousy he was. The official took it for a little while, then turned slightly to his uh, side and said, buddy, keep it up, and I will toss you out as well. And uh, he kept it up, and that's exactly what happened. So uh, my partner, Chuck Mayshock, has the distinction of being the only announcer in NCAA tournament history to get kicked out of the game. <laughs> that is an unbelievable story. I don't know how you kept your composure after something like that. Well, I, I just wanted to know why I didn't get a double paycheck yeah. since I did the final 16 minutes alone. But I will tell you this, Chuck remains my partner and my very good friend. And at the end of every Cincinnati basketball broadcast, I conclude our broadcasts with the following line. And for my partner, Chuck Mayshock, who tonight successfully extended his consecutive game streak without being kicked out two, and then I update the, I update the number. So it's currently, it's currently 399 in case you're interested. Ooh, oh, that's almost fantastic. to 400. That's pretty good. Dan Horn. We will be, yeah, we'll play. begin the season with number 400 this year. Oh, well, what a great way to start. Play-by-play voice of Cincinnati, 2014 Ohio Sportscaster of the Year, Dan Horde with us on BYU Sports Nation. The Bearcats are doing a walk-around on the field behind us at Lavelle Edwards Stadium as we speak. They're practicing fake punts. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> with that in mind, what it, what is the number one strength of this Cincinnati football team, Dan? The offense, uh, fifth in the country in total yards, 16th in the country in scoring. They will move it up and down the field against anybody. Uh, the problem is they've turned it over too much. They are among the national leaders in times that they've turned it over, and I think they're dead last in turnover ratio. Not only have they turned it over, but they're not getting them very often on defense. So that's the reason why they've lost two games. If they had held on to the ball better, they would come here on season. I think that Cincinnati's a really good team. I look at the schedule that uh, the Bearcats have played. Three and two, the two losses are to undefeated teams in Temple and Memphis. Memphis was a shootout. You're a play away from probably winning that one. And then you look at the two quarterbacks. Do you expect Hayden Moore to be the starter tonight or Gunnar Keel? Honestly, I don't know. I, I can tell you that the starting quarterback was informed last night uh, that he has the job. But that, has not, that information has not been shared with me yet. So I honestly don't know whether it will be Gunnar Keel or Hayden Moore tonight. Uh, Coach Tarverville evaluated the two during practice this week. Uh, Gunnar Keel got medical clearance to return to the lineup on Sunday. So 
I am as interested as anybody to find out which of those two will be the starter tonight. Who do fans want to start at quarterback for the Bearcats? Uh, you know, that's, it's, that's a hard question to answer. I guess if, if there were a poll of Cincinnati fans, my guess is it might come out slightly in favor of Hayden Moore, only because the last time they saw him, he led Cincinnati to a dramatic victory over the Miami Hurricanes, uh, which is probably the best win of the Coach Tuberville era. But having said that, Gunnar Keel was amazing last year. He tied the school record with 31 touchdown passes. He set an NCAA record with six touchdown passes in his first college game. So uh, Hayden Moore has been so good the last two games for Cincinnati that I think some folks have conveniently forgotten just how great Gunnar Keel was last year. What sticks out about BYU as you prepare for this game? I see a team that's a little bit similar to Cincinnati. Certainly the offense is formidable. Uh, You can throw out that Michigan game now since nobody has scored the last three weeks (laughs) against the Wolverines. I mean, that's that's incredible. Three straight shutouts in college football, that that seems impossible to me. But uh, as I look at the other games that BYU has played, the score seems similar to the Cincinnati game, to tell you the truth, particularly last week's game against ECU. Dan Horde, play-by-play voice of the Cincinnati Bearcats, with us on BYU Sports Nation. Let's talk about the head ball coach at Cincinnati. What kind of change has Tommy Tuberville brought to this Cincinnati program? Well, Tommy Tuberville is the most accomplished coach ever to come to the University of Cincinnati in any sport. Uh, We've had some great ones, but typically in the past they came from smaller schools and then use Cincinnati as a stepping stone to a bigger job. It's happened with the last three football coaches. Mark D'Antonio, three years at Cincinnati, on to Michigan State. Brian Kelly, three years at Cincinnati, on to Notre Dame. Butch Jones, three years at Cincinnati, on to Tennessee. So we've had some great ones, but uh, they came from a smaller place and then moved on to a, a major college football power. In Tommy Tuberville's case, he's been to the top of the mountain place. He spent 10 years at Auburn. He was a head coach at Ole Miss. Uh, most recently a head coach at Texas Tech before Cincinnati. So it was a real coup for the Cincinnati administration to lure Tommy Tuberville uh, to be the head coach of the Bearcats. I would say since he's been here, the biggest change that I've noticed is just the emphasis on recruiting. I guess uh, from the time that he spent in the SEC at Ole Miss and Auburn, he knows that to compete at the highest level, you've got to go out and get great players. And uh, he's doing it. Uh, Recruiting has never been better uh, since – Coach Tarville has been here. Dan, what do you expect to happen tonight between BYU and Cincinnati? I expect there to be a lot of scoring both ways. To tell you the truth, I'd like to be able to say that I think Cincinnati can uh, hold uh, BYU in the 20s like the Bearcats did in their last game against Miami, but I just don't see that being the case. I think both offenses are too formidable. I think uh, both defenses have some young players that are still figuring out what they're doing out there. So, honestly, I expect uh, both teams to probably score 30-plus. Dan, great to have you with us on BYU Sports Nation. I assure you that the folks at Lavelle Edwards Stadium will treat you kindly and nobody will be escorting anyone out of that press box. (laughs) I will let my broadcast partner, Jim Kelly Jr., know that. He'll be happy to hear that he will not (laughs) join my basketball partner in getting the Evo. Great to talk to you. Have a great call tonight. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Dan Hort on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. He would have called the BYU-Cincinnati NCAA tournament game as well. That's in, right. In what, 01? 01. In San because Diego. Because he started in 2000. Against Kenyon Martin. Yeah. Yeah. I was at the Missionary Training Center. I was not. At the, at the time. <laughs> hearing about a 21-point loss. Yeah, that was not a happy night for me. Yeah.
<laughs> you were you went to bed by 9:30 that night. I, I know that. <laughs> Our Twitter question: What game is the most important left on BYU's football schedule? Send in your tweets. Up next, all access with the punter Johnny Linnan. Why you don't want to talk trash to that guy? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium, Friday game day. Remember, if you missed this episode or any episode of BYUSN Live, the rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. And tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern, Countdown to Kickoff is live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium. This very desk will be on the field. It will be on the booth. Check it out tonight as Cincinnati and BYU get set to go 7 p.m. Eastern time. This has been the most unique uh, setup for BYU Sports Nation ever because you saw Cincinnati just do, do their walkthrough. You've had access into the locker room if you've been watching on BYU TV. BYU Radio, it's the same, hopefully, great show. But today in this stadium, beautiful weather. The, the guys full screens, uh, graphics on up on the Jumbotron. This has been an amazing production from our crew. They always do a nice job, but today they've gone next level. I dare say elite. Oh. I dare say elite today. Does, look, Jaren does not give that away easily. No, not in vain. Clearly. <laughs> Here are some more looks inside of the stadium and around the locker room. BYU-Cincinnati tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern. Countdown to kick off the game kicks off at 6 Mountain, 8 Eastern. You will see the BYU punter in action tonight, Johnny Linehan, who is new to football relatively and enjoying his time for sure. I don't know that I've met a more energetic, more excited person to play BYU football ever. And I had a chance to sit down with him yesterday. BYU Sports Nation All Access with Johnny Rugby or Johnny Football. Take a listen. First of all, you got the memo. About the dress code. So congratulations on uh, (laughs) showing up and and looking the part. Uh, Six games into your initial college football season. Uh, Walk us through the mind of Johnny Linehan. How have the first six games been for you? Man, it's it's been a roller coaster ride. um, But, I mean, I expected it to be a roller coaster ride. But at the same time, I didn't really think it would be as maybe difficult, the transition. Um, over the summer, I did a lot of work trying to figure out how to kick uh, a football, both traditional and rugby style, and, and felt I you know, made a lot of progress. Um, but obviously, as we've seen, uh, I've been rather streaky this, this season and not as, not as consistent as I would have hoped or I feel as our, as our team would have hoped or needs me to be. But um, probably what's, what's most on my mind is just trying to get better every, every practice, every week, and just trying to be patient with myself. Uh, I, I always speak in my own head I'm like just be patient with yourself but at the same time it's almost like well you can't be patient with yourself forever so I've just been trying to make different goals and, and achieve them each game and I feel like I'm in the right direction even though I might not be going as high as I would have liked to be at this stage. You mentioned both styles of punting and we saw some great traditional punts from you uh, in the last game against East Carolina saw the rugby punt get blocked not your fault <laughs> you, know, you need, need to block people but what do you prefer right now? Where do you feel most comfortable? Do you, is it the rugby style that you've you know, grown accustomed to, or, or are you like, transitioning into the traditional way now? Yeah, so it's interesting when I, when I explain to people that, what's the difference? Why do you kick it end over end? And it's kind of interesting because punting is, is more dynamic than I feel people give it credit for, you know, and, and so are most of the special teams. Punters are people too. We, we are definitely people. And, I mean, kickers are and even deep snappers are. I mean, we have the long snapper. And, you know, they, they all do a great job, and uh, it's awesome. Uh, to be on their crew, but 
it's interesting uh, in regards to the kicking style. Like uh, rugby style, it's it's a lot harder to kick the ball because you kind of lose that sweet spot. And if you don't hit it right, then it doesn't go as far, and there's less margin for error. Um, but kicking traditional, I love practicing that because it, it goes so much further, and it's so much easier to kick it like that. But on the flip side. Kicking rugby style is so much more effective, I feel, because you can direction it better and it gives your team or your coverage team more time to get down the field. So it's kind of as we see on the film and as we see during the game, it's, it's the call we make. Your first fake punt was a success. <laughs> Walk us through what was happening during that play against East Carolina. Well, you say success, but, I mean, on, on Monday during film, everyone was like, why didn't you take it to the outside? I'm like, you don't have to tell me. I watched it 400 times yesterday. <laughs> you know, during church, you know, watching it, getting up and getting mad, and Bishop wondering what's going on. Uh, but, no, it was, it was awesome to, to run the ball, and, and when, when they called it uh, for me to go out on the field, um, Obviously, I would have an option to do a read if I feel I roll out and, and they're not covering. But going left, if, if the fake's not on, then you lose because it's hard for me to kick right-footed running left. And, uh, so that, that, that was one of the, the calls the coaches made, and, and it was awesome. I was so excited. But at the same time, I was really nervous because that was my second time on the field. The first time was less than optimal. You know, like They blocked the punt and scored a touchdown off it. Um, but it was pretty cool, but at the same time, I need to learn how to hold the ball better because I was holding it like a rugby ball, and the East Carolina players were trying to rip it off, and I, I think they were talking trash afterwards, and I was like, you don't want to talk smack to me right now because I'm already ticked. My punk got blocked, so, <laughs> so don't, don't even test me right now. But at the same time, like, yeah, I got the first down, which was great. Um, you know, a lot of credit to the blockers, um, for sure. But I got the first down, and at the same time, when I watched it on film, there was a crease for me to go on the outside and have a one-on-one with the returner. So I feel like overall as a team, we achieved our goal. But, yeah, there was definitely more that could have happened from it. But we scored eventually from it, and, you know, it was great. You worked in some style points with the spin move and the, <laughs> the additional yardage, right? I, know, I, sh- I was trying to keep my hand down so I could stay on my feet. And, but, yeah, no, it was, it was, it was really cool. I hope, I hope we do it more often, but... Keep that on the down low. <laughs> <laughs> I asked your coach to explain you last week, and Coach Mendenhall said he's kind of like a mix of Crocodile Dundee and Mad Max. And I was like, cool, not really sure what that means, <laughs> yeah. but, but what do you think when you hear him say something like that? I have no idea what that means. Um, I'm just going to say that's, that's a great compliment. You know, that's, that's awesome. You know, crikey. No. <laughs> um, he did say that you have this, this attitude of, okay, if I don't do something right the first time, I'll do it right next time. And if you don't believe me, I'll, I'll prove it to you. I will show you that. Mm-hmm. And so that's, he also said that. So maybe, maybe that's okay, a, yeah. a better thing to go okay, off. Okay, yeah, that gives me a little something to go off. Uh, yeah, he's definitely right on that. I guess kind of uh, growing up, I felt I was relatively small and more of an underdog. So that's kind of a mindset I've had is just prove people wrong. Um, do it right. That's why I'm really enjoying the challenge of football. Um, and I know a lot of people say, oh, he's just a punter or he's just a kicker or he's just this, just that. You know, he doesn't play an important part. I feel like every part, you know, on the football team really matters. You know, even our equipment crew, our coaches, obviously, everyone plays a, a crucial role. And so I think uh, what Coach Minahal is saying about me being more out there, I might be one of the more vocal punters because I feel like I could take on some of the players. And if they're not doing their job, I feel like I can get in their face and be like, man, like, I've seen you do better than that. Like, give me more. Give me more energy. Because at the same time, I want to win. 
just as much, maybe even more than they want to win because I hate losing. And so I can only affect, you know, a, f- a few players every game. But the other players, I feel like I try and motivate them a lot in, in their phase, jumping up on the sideline, getting excited with them because they can influence how I feel at the end of the game, you know, and how Cougar Nation will feel. So I feel like I'm just more vocal and just more explicit in that manner, yeah. I know that Cincinnati is the next game, and you want to win every game you play, but you look at that. Well, if BYU beats Cincinnati 5-2, and two, Wagner after that, a bye week after that, you're setting yourself up for what looks like could be a special late-season run. So, and I asked Mitch this question too, how do you stay focused on the one game but not get caught up in the, well, what could happen? Yeah, it's, it's the same question as, like, how do we stay focused on what may happen rather than what could have been, you know, because, I mean, we, yeah, we, we lost to UCLA, you know, by, like, one or two plays, and then, you know, we, we really feel like we felt going into the season we can win every game, but we knew that it would be a, a game-by-game mentality that we'd have to take into it. And I feel like one of the ways that we don't get caught up in that is just making sure that we hold each other accountable. Because, like, who knows, like, we don't want to write off any team, you know, even even Wagner, you know, we don't want to write them off as, as, a, as a win before we've done work on them because they might come in and be like, hey, like, Who's BYU to tell us that they're going to beat us or, or what's this? So each team, and that's the beauty of college sports and college football, is it doesn't matter you know, who you're playing. It matters who wants it the most. So we have to stay hungry, uh, stay humble, and just practice hard. And so I think that's how we keep each other focused. And Coach Menahal does a great part of that. Last week in one of our team meetings um, against when we played UConn, he showed us some film uh, after that game and showed us the sideline. And he showed us what he thought were some great plays and showed that we weren't very motivated on the sideline. And, you know, that, that affects the team. And so just trying to keep each other motivated game by game is, is going to be key, I think, to a successful season. I think I know the answer to this, to this question, but are you having fun? Oh, I'm having so much fun. But at the same time, like, I don't think I've ever been this, this stressed in my life because, like, I don't want to let the team down. Um, but at the same time, I'm having so much fun. It's such a, such a blessing to be a part of it. But... At the same time, I don't just want to be a part of it. I want to be the best. I want to be the best part that I can. So I have to be patient with myself and have fun, but I feel like each game is, is moving in the right direction. Hey, don't mess with him if you block his punt, right? <laughs> no, you don't want to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, good luck against Cincinnati. Thanks, fans. Thanks, Appreciate man. it. BYU Football All Access with the punter Johnny Linehan, and he's not just any punter. He's Johnny Rugby, for crying out loud. He's Johnny Rugby. He dressed up for that. Did yeah, you somebody think it said, wasn't somebody a different said, kind like, of you interview? Guys, you guys coming, did you do that after church or what? <laughs> in the BYU football choir? What's going on there? <laughs> that tie Number he was one wearing was a New BYU. Zealand All Blacks tie. <laughs> Number one ranked fireside team in the country 10 years old. Absolutely. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, a loaded Cougar whip round. Wraps up game day and gets you set for the weekend. BYU Sports Station presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. It's a game day edition of The Whip. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Game day. 4-2 BYU hosts 3-2 Cincinnati, 8 Eastern time on ESPN. Countdown to kickoff is live at 7 Eastern on BYU TV. Volleyball. 13th ranked BYU women's volleyball swept Gonzaga last night, led by Alexa Grace, 21 kills in three sets. BYU Sports Nation Karma recipient Cozy Burnett added a career-high 15 kills. Cozy B hit 636 last night. 
Soccer. The fifth-ranked women's soccer team hosts Pacific tomorrow at 9 Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Athletics. Love that drop. Congratulations to the Cougar Club Hall of Fame inductees last night. They include Rob Morris and Luke Staley from football, John Hendengren from cross-country and track, Willard Hershey of track, and Nina and mortensen of volleyball. Rob Morris will join us on Countdown to Kick Up on this set tonight. Cougars in the CFL. Eight. Austin Collie and the BC Lions travel to take on the Edmonton Eskimos tomorrow, 7 Eastern time on Watch ESPN. Tennis. The Cougars continue to advance in the ITA Invitational at as Savannah where rather, won her singles match yesterday. She moves into the round of 16. Cross country. Ninth ranked men's team, 22nd ranked women's team competed the Wisconsin Invitational. As we speak, unofficial results pouring in. We'll tell you Monday. Nice accent. Jimmer. The San Antonio Spurs and Jimmer Fredette host the Detroit Pistons on Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter. Dexter help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. We're giving it right back to Cozy Burnett, who tweeted at BYU Sports Station and said, the karma is so real. It is so real, man. I thought it was a joke for a long time. <laughs> it's a real thing. She had a career high in kills and hitting percentages the day she's on the show. There are a bunch of matches to have a career high, and then you do it that day. Gonzaga is the number two blocking team in the West Coast Conference as well. They're a big physical team. They're not a bad team. Number two. Number one. Brigham. Is BYU. You know. Hard to beat when you return the two best blockers in the country. That's, that's exactly right. BYU poised to do good things again. Our Twitter question today. Which game is the most important left on BYU's football schedule? Let's get to some of your tweets. Tweet, tweet. At Hunter W107, if we can't beat the in-state schools, so he says Utah State, how do we expect to get the top recruits? Because some guys want to go to BYU regardless. That's why. I, I, I get you, but BYU's not going to lose a lot of guys to Utah State if hardly any. At Matarama 01, Utah State in a rivalry game. Anything can happen, and they are looking better every game. Kent Meyer, their new quarterback. Myers. Meyer, sorry. The backup quarterback, of course. It has to be a backup quarterback. Of course. Has been really good for the Aggies. Our elite tweet of the day from at Googs53. Would it be possible to come on the show and get some Sports Nation karma? I think it would help me get a date. We don't know all the, uh, you know, the magic there, but thanks to Adam Amin, Dan Hoare, Johnny Linehan, and everyone on our crew. Just ask a bunch of girls. One of them is bound to say yes. <laughs> and then you just marry one of those. Shout out to Dan. <laughs>